Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. A new series today called The Forces of Life. And we're going to go over the next three, four weeks on this. And I've got some really cool things to bring out of the scripture to you. Are you ready for the word today? All right. I, don't, I want us all to just stand one more time. If you would, just lift up your receivers to the Lord right now. Yield yourselves to him. We lift our, our hands to Jesus. This is a sign of that we are surrendered to his will. We're surrendered to his word, surrendered to his way right now. Father, we just right now lay aside every distraction and we put our focus on you. We set our minds on you now and our hearts to receive the seed of your word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the life-changing power that we experience through this moment right here. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. You may be seated. Yes. Now, if you happen to have your Bible, you can turn to the book of Galatians, or we will have it on the screen, or if you have it on your phone or iPad or iPod, whatever you've got. I do want to encourage you, if you do not have a Bible app on your phone, to get one on your phone. And I'll tell you one to get. It's free, and it's very informative. It's Version Bible, Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N, Version. And uh, you can download that app for free, and you can get every translation imaginable to man. All right? So it's great to have that with you because you always have your phone on you. And if you've always got your phone on you, you'll also have your Bible on you. Yeah. Amen. That's a good thing. I found that when I put the Bible on my electronic devices, I was reading it a whole lot more. Really what? Because it was always with me. Always with me. Always around me. And... uh, uh, there are people who get caught up about this. As a matter of fact, I heard one preacher say, they don't even bring their Bibles to the pulpits. They're preaching from computers. And the Bible's on the computer. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> don't you love common sense? I love common sense. It's refreshing. But I was telling the Wednesday night crowd that I've The longer I live, the more I realize common sense really isn't all that common. (laughs) All right. We're going to be looking over several scriptures. Now, I I just want to let you know about the phase that we're moving into as far as technology is concerned. On that YouVersion app, there is a section in there called Live, and you can tap on that Live. Now, we haven't got it all set up yet, but in in the weeks to come, we'll be announcing it. You can tap on Live and then search One Cause Church. And when that comes up, you'll see my notes. And Bible references and things like that, you have it all right there in your phone. Isn't that cool? And so you can just follow right along, and then if you want to email it to somebody or whatever, you've got it right there. All right? It's something that you can study throughout the week as well. So I love technology. Amen. 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 It's a thing of beauty. Now, there's a, there's a very common belief, and you, I'm sure that you, maybe you've had this mentality or this belief system in your life or or you know someone like this that, and I believe most people live by it. It's the belief that the future is one that's very mysterious. And there's really little or nothing that you can do about the future. They view it kind of like the past. Nothing you can do, you, know, you can't change yesterday and, well, nothing you can do about tomorrow. They, they wait on their future circumstances totally dependent upon getting a good break. 
or getting lucky in the events of life. I read a startling statistic a few months ago that 70 plus something percent of Americans are depending on the lottery for their retirement. I hope that stat is not true. At least it's not here, right? Hope you're putting your money aside and investing it for your future, storing up for a good retirement. Amen. But it's, it's, it's this kind of mindset that leaves people as they feel like that they're victims of fate. And they have become comfortable with repeated hardships as just, that's just the way, of, the way things are. And so they digress to this mentality. Whatever happens, happens. Whatever will be, will be. It is what it is. Anybody ever heard those phrases before? Anybody ever said those phrases? Oh, you don't have to admit that. Because <laughs> I know it's already true. <laughs> and, now, and, and if these people happen to be Christians, I like this. It only changes slightly. They say things like, whatever happens is the will of God. Or the will of God is whatever happens. Right? What? <laughs> Same thought, just dressed up in spiritual clothes. But I don't know about you, but I look around, and I think it's pretty easy to see the will of God's not happening everywhere. Otherwise, he's not just. There's starving children. There's calamity. There's pain and suffering. And if that's all God's will, then he's not just, and he's not who he says he is. Hmm? See, Jesus came and showed us the will of God. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And the Bible says he went about doing good, healing all. Jesus didn't leave one sick person sick. He healed them all. And I don't know how that's crept into the church. To bless you. I don't know how that's crept into the church through the years, that sometimes God heals and sometimes he doesn't. Yes, he does. He heals all the time. All the time. Jesus healed them every time. Get over your doctrine, get over what you were taught, and read the Bible and see the truth. Amen. He heals all the time. It is his will always. Jesus took a horrific beating upon his body to ensure that you have healing for your life. Now, I don't have all the answers for life. I'm not saying saying I understand everything. I would be a fool to say that. But we're not going to talk about the secret things. There is a, a, a chapter in the Bible in Deuteronomy that says the secret things belong to God. So I'm not here to try to answer the secret things because I'm not God. But let me tell you something. We have plenty that has been revealed to us that we need to understand. And if you'll get busy understanding what's been revealed to you, you won't have to worry about the secret things. huh? Because all you'll, all you'll do is have a big question mark over your head your entire life. All right? Can we just go from there? So we're going to talk about the things that you do know that have been revealed to you through this series. And what... what what we're going to bring out are these forces that are in your life. They're thrusting you into your future. And we're going, to, we're going to recognize those things. We're going to call them out and name them so that you can understand what they are and so that you can get your life in track and pull those things together for your advantage. All right? Yeah. Now, listen, the truth is you can do absolutely nothing about yesterday. It's not even worth your time or effort to waste wishing things were better, having regret in your life, wishing, wishing somehow uh, um, you hadn't made that decision or you hadn't said that or you hadn't got in that relationship. Or you, hmm? 
That's not going to change anything. You can't do anything. Paul said, forgetting those things, this is what I do. I forget those things that are behind, and I reach forward to those things that are ahead. Uh, there's nothing you can do about yesterday, but there's a whole lot you can do about tomorrow. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And so it's not about whatever happens will happen. It's whatever you decide. Because here's the thing. If you'll, if you'll just get over the thought that, you know, you're just uh, 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 at the whim of every circumstance and whatever happens, that's what happens. But if you'll understand that you are in partnership with God Almighty on this earth, that God has placed you here to walk with you through life, and that and that he'll get in your life, but you have to make the decision. He's given you the free will. He's not going to take that away. He's not going to just take over. You have to allow. You have to decide with your mind and set your will to follow God. And when you do, you get his results in your life, all right? You can have the kind of future that he wants you to have. The Bible says the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It gets brighter and brighter to the full day. Your life ought to be getting better and better all the time. It ought to be increasing. You ought to be getting healthier. You ought to be getting wealthier. You ought to be getting more blessed. Amen. You ought to become a greater blessing. You ought to be serving more. You ought to be getting stronger. This This is the life of a believer because we're living from the inside out. And the more you let the inside take over, the better things outside become. Amen. So I want to issue just a challenge to to that kind of thinking, that whimsical thinking, and and want you to see yourself as one who is partnered with Almighty God. Amen. Are there any chefs here today? Anybody? Anybody that thinks they know how to cook? Oh, Frank's a chef. Hmm, You're pretty good. There's a difference between eating what I could prepare for you and eating what Frank could prepare for you. Big difference. It could mean life or death. But I, if you go to a restaurant where there's a chef, uh, the, the food is remarkably different from just your average little to-go restaurant, right? Somebody that's in there that knows how to put ingredients together. Now, I could have those very same ingredients in my refrigerator and not even come close. So it's not really that I don't have the resources that the chef has, and it's not even that I don't have the ability. I just don't have the knowledge. Just don't have the training. Are you hearing me? Jesus said it's the truth that you know that will set you free. Truth is out there. People hear truth all the time. It doesn't change their lives because it doesn't become known. Amen. So I'm going to teach you over the next few weeks to recognize the ingredients that make up the recipe of your life. Everyone has the same ingredients. Look to your right, look to your left. All of you have the same ingredients. Yeah. You just need to know how to put them together in order to enjoy the life that God came to give you. Are you ready? There are forces at work that are constantly shaping our lives. And I want you to ask yourself this question today. How different would my life be today if I had different relationships? And it got quiet just like that. How different would my life be today if I had different beliefs? How different would things be today if I thought different? Or if I had different words coming out of my mouth? Different feelings? How different would my life be if I had different habits or values or dreams? See, just just as these things have shaped your life to where you are now, so they will continue to shape your life for tomorrow. Your life is a gift from Almighty God. What you do with it 
is your gift back to him. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever, everybody shout whatever. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. That is scripture. It's clear. There's no way around that. There's no way to read between the lines. There's no way to twist. I mean, you could try to twist it, but it's just about as simple as it gets. What you reap is what you sow. Right? And understand, like I said, there's absolutely nothing you can do about the past. Absolutely no, I mean, even, I mean, there have been times in my life I wish that I had a really good friend who was a mad scientist who had a silver DeLorean <laughs> and he had turned that thing into a time machine and go back and talk to young Eric Holler and knock him around a little bit and tell him a few things about life. Anybody else fantasized about going back in the past? If only I could just get in that car and go 88 miles per hour, <laughs> everything would change. <laughs> Envision your life and your future as an empty field. Well, just do me a favor. Just close your eyes for a moment. Close your eyes for a moment and just see this big empty field. This is your life. This is your future. And you're standing there looking out over that empty field and you say, Field, I wish I had some potatoes. Would that, is that field going to do anything about that? Is, it, is, it, is the ground going to open up and potato plant pop out for you? Or what if you pray for potatoes? Field. <laughs> Will the ground respond? Will the dirt yield what you've prayed and wished for? Absolutely not. It doesn't respond to wishes and prayers. It only responds to seed. So it needs to be understood that when you sow that seed, pray over that seed. Amen. Sow it and pray. Do everything with prayer. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Amen. So what if you mistakenly planted watermelon seeds where you wanted potatoes? Could you tell the field, field, I made a mistake. I sowed the wrong seed. Would you just cancel my uh, order? <laughs> and I'm going to go get the right kind of seed. What's the, what's, what's, what's the field going to do? What's the dirt going to do? It's going to produce whatever you put in it. That's right. yeah. It's not going to be able to fulfill your wishes. It's not a genie lamp. It's dirt. <laughs> and it only works with seed. Amen. Are you with me so far? Yes. So it won't make your wish come true, but it will grow your seed. Yeah. Genesis 1 says that every seed produces after its own kind. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much what we just read in Galatians. What you sow is what you reap. Yeah. If you sow a little, you get a little. If you sow a lot, you get a lot. Yeah. Is this too simple for Sunday morning? And I want any believer in here that, who has this thought that, okay, well, if I do this or if I go over here, if I change this, is it a sin? And don't, don't live your life with that mentality. Is it a sin? You need to ask yourself the question, is it a seed, not is it a sin? 
And when this seed goes in the ground, when I sow this seed, what's it going to produce for my life? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, Paul says, all things are lawful for me. Man, I'll tell you what, that's freedom. Hmm? This is a person who really knew who he was. He knew who he was in Christ, and so he could boldly say, I can do anything I want. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. In other words, just because it's okay to do it doesn't mean you should. <laughs> all things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. See, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is Christian Maturity 101 right here. Do you want to see how much you can get away with and still make it to heaven? Is it a sin? Or do you want to change the quality of your life here on the earth by saying, is it a seed? Amen. Amen. And people who are mindful of a harvest coming move from sin consciousness to seed consciousness. And you know what the truth is? Whether you are a Christian or not, this law is at work in your life. Seed time and harvest. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22 says, while the earth remains... Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. You can do absolutely nothing about day and night. You can do absolutely nothing about cold and heat. You can do absolutely nothing about summer and winter. But you can do a lot with seed time and harvest. Right. Amen. And God is so true to his word. He's so accurate, it blows my mind. Matter of fact, Heather and I, years ago, decided that we wanted to make more money. I mean, because <laughs> where we were, it was, we got paid weekly uh, at the church we were at, but we spent all of it every week too. Nobody here understands that, I'm sure, but we spent every dime all the time. Never had m extra money ever. And we took care of the bills, thank the Lord. And thank, but how many of you know it's nice to have a little cushion, you know? And, and we did not have a cushion. And uh, so I said, this has got to change. We've got to do something different. We've got to do something. If this, if this seed time and harvest really works, let's do it. All right. Okay, God, you said a seed produces after its own kind. All right, this is what we're going to do. We wanted to make an extra $500 a month. We figured that would be a nice cushion for us. And so we decided to start sowing $50 extra in our tithe, acting like we were already making that money. And we weren't. And I'm telling you, in my natural mind, if I would have listened, I wouldn't have done it. Because it didn't make any sense. It was actually stupid to my natural mind. Really? Spend money that you don't have? You, you, don't, you don't give away money you don't have right now? So we just walked by faith and made the commitment. And you know what? The Lord helped us. And every month, we were putting 50 extra dollars in the offering plate. And time went by. And then it just kind of became routine. And one day, my pastor called me in his office out of the blue and said, Eric, I'm going to give you a raise. He didn't know anything about this. We didn't go around with signs on our shirts telling him what we were doing, announcing, look at us. We were just walking by faith together with God. Can you guess what my raise was? Yeah, because the seed produces after its own kind. $500 a month. And, I, you know, it becomes such routine, I didn't even think about it. And I walked out of his office going, thank you, God. God said, you sold for it. I went, oh, yeah. Wow. Lord, you keep good records. 
hey, if you just put him to the test, his word will always, always come true. He won't be mocked. He won't be mocked is what it says. He won't be mocked. Whatever you sow is what you reap. Amen. That's encouraging. Yeah. Hey, listen. Whatever you sow, what you reap. Don't just go to thinking about all the bad things you've done. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. That's coming in my life. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, if it's coming to your life, start a new seed sowing today. Start sowing good seeds today for a better future tomorrow. Amen. 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 Your life will improve when you begin to evaluate your thoughts when you evaluate the words that are coming out of your mouth and your actions as seeds. Yeah, Glory to God. Yeah. I mean, I think about this. I wonder about the people who voted years and years ago about, uh, to take prayer out of our schools. I wonder if they've even acknowledged the fact that our SAT scores have gone. Or that classroom violence has increased. And that teachers can't even hardly rule their classrooms because kids are so disrespectful. Coincidence or seed sown? Yeah. Teen pregnancy has increased exponentially. Well, they're encouraging them. To see that seed at full maturity, that's what's, that's what's important that you understand what's in that seed before you sow it. Amen. Amen. There are a lot of dysfunctional families in the world today. Oh, I mean, they're on every corner. Every block, gang activity is, is out of control as a result. Daddy's not home. And uh, people quit spanking their kids. Put them in timeout, let them stew in their room, angry, fuming. Just building little monsters, creating monsters, and then releasing them in society. Here, go, go deal with them, world. Huh? Because if you don't make sure that your child makes the right decision, the judge will make the decision for your child. You don't help them make the right decision. Somebody's going to make the decisions for them. Amen. But I'm determined, praise God, that this church, my one cause family, is going to be a place where families are strong. We have good, strong family values here. The husbands and wives stick it out. Hmm? That you overcome the hardships, you stay married, you stay in love, and you do whatever it takes to stick it out. Amen. Now listen, if you, you're here and you're divorced today, there's, I, I've got good news for you. I'm determined to be the church where you get a new fresh start, a new beginning, that you come here and you get healed up. Amen. And you get restored and you continue to move into the life that God's called for you. Amen. So I'm not throwing any rocks today. I'm just telling you, I want to see whole families here. No matter where, where you've come from up to this point, with God, all things are possible. Are you hearing me? And if you'll believe that, then you can have the kind of family that God's called you to have. No matter what's happened before. Amen. Because he's able to make all things work together for good to those who love God. Amen. That we're called to be a light on a hill. A city set on a hill. We're, 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 our determination here is to be the church our community cannot live without. And that you live your life, you live your life living in the realities of the promises of God. Yeah. Yeah. So that others can look into your life and say, that's what I want. 
That's what I'm looking. That's the kind of marriage I want. Those are the kind of kids I want. I don't want my kids running all over a restaurant, eating food off somebody's table, screaming and hollering. Come on, get control of that kid. Beat the fire out of them. Teach it. Show them who's boss. Huh? God put them in your care. You need to take care of them. Amen. That's what that backside is there for. Wear it out. Hey, I'm just saying, that's what happened to me. I mean, I got my backside tore off. I did. And I'm grateful for it today. As Pastor Phil said last week so wonderfully, it hurts me more than it hurts you. Wasn't that great? I love that guy. Would you like to have him back again sometime? All right, I told him. I told him so. He'll be back again. Amen. Today, you have a new opportunity to see a better future for your life. By sowing new seed. Now, if you're going to have the harvest you want, you're going to have to first recognize the harvest that's in that seed, as I said earlier. Let's turn over to Matthew chapter 12. I've got a couple more things to look at concerning this. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33, he, Jesus says, either make the tree good, and as a result, it's fruit good, or make the tree bad, and as a result, it's fruit bad. For the tree is known by what? It's fruit. So, I mean, you immediately recognize a tree by the fruit that's on it. Yeah. It doesn't take a genius to recognize an apple tree when clearly there are apples hanging all over it. But you know what? If I walked into a store that sold seeds and it, they didn't have any labels on those seeds and it didn't have any pictures telling me what those seeds were, yeah. I'd have a very difficult time. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'd just be standing in the dark going, oh, we'll try this one. We'll try these. Yeah. All right? Uh-huh. It's important that you recognize the harvest that's in that seed before that seed is sown. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, the wise sower will always seek to sow a seed that will produce his desired harvest. A seed of corn that's sown, it's going to grow into a stalk, and out of that stalk are going to come ears of corn, and on each ear of corn are rows and rows of seeds, kernels, right? It's, it works, that's why it says that he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think, or give, and it shall be given unto you, good measure, Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Any 18-year-olds here in the room right now? Anybody? I don't want liars. I want really, real 18-year-olds. <laughs> All right, there are a few of you. If you invested $1 a day into a mutual fund that yielded 15% increase, by the time you are 65 years old, you will be worth $2.65 million. Extraordinary, isn't it? Start sowing that seed. I was telling the earlier service, I can hear my dad talking to me right now. <laughs> Son, you're 18. If you <laughs> Dad, that dollar goes so much better at the movie theater. <laughs> Here's the truth. Just having the seed or possessing the seed doesn't guarantee that you have a harvest. As a matter of fact, holding on to that seed ensures that you won't have a harvest. Nothing can happen until it's sown. Say this with me. A seed sown is a harvest grown. Archaeologists found these seeds in some pyramids in Egypt that, were, that dated over 2,000 years. And they took some of those seeds and planted them, and guess what? They grew. The potential for a harvest had been locked up in those seeds all those years. And only when they were sown was that potential then realized. 
See, a father who holds his love from his children is just like keeping seed in the barn. The talent that's never expressed is just like keeping seed in the barn. Those words, those kind words that never come out of your mouth, keeping seed in the barn. Mm-mm-mm. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 says, He who observes the wind won't sow. That is, that he waits for everything to be right, all the conditions to be lined, the planets to be lined up perfectly before he does something nice. Before he, and he waits till he feels good first and then sows the seed. He regards the circumstances first. Mm-hmm. He who regards the clouds will not reap. Verse 6, Ecclesiastes 11. In the morning, sow your seed. When? It's, hey, it's morning. And in the evening, do not withhold your hand. For you do not know, this is so good, you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both will alike be good. <laughs> this scripture is so cool to me. Is that, because it encourages us, for one thing, to make a daily habit of sowing seeds, right? A daily, in the morning and in the evening. Whether one or both will produce, or one's going to produce, or both of them. Notice that it did not even give you the possibility of total crop failure. Wow, what a positive verse. It didn't, give you, it didn't mention the possibility of no harvest. You're going to get a harvest. One way or both ways. So start sowing. Yeah, and one way to do that is to think about, I mean, if you want a different harvest for your life, that means you're going to have to sow a different seed. Right? That you can't continue to do the same old routine thing over and over. If you, want what, if you see what you want, then you have to sow the seed that, for that kind of harvest. Simple. Amen? You might have it in your house. You might have it in a box up in the attic or in the garage. But because it's so special, you hold on to it. Because when you open all these feelings of nostalgia, I remember when. All it's doing is just getting older and dustier and wearing out. Yeah. God says, bring all your tithe into the storehouse. Prove me in this. Test me in this. See if I won't open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing you will not have room enough to receive it. There comes a time in your life when the receiving runs out and the giving has to kick in. If you don't have room enough to receive it, that means it needs to be given away. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> I'm thinking right now of all the things in my garage I could so I could get rid of. All things boxed up, special, because I labeled them special. Well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I had a very special thing given to me a couple years back by my father. This thing had been given to him years and years ago by an elder in his church. We had an elder in our church who was quite wealthy, actually. And so he sewed this, he gave my dad this watch. And it wasn't just a normal watch, it was a Rolex watch. And it wasn't one of those watches you buy out of the back of a van downtown somewhere. <laughs> this is the real thing. I mean, it's called the El Presidente gold. And then they even had extra diamonds put in. I don't know what his wife's been on this thing, but holy moly. Uh, at one time, Dad had it estimated at $20,000 plus, all right? Two years ago, he gave it to me for Christmas, all right? Now, I'm not a jewelry wearer. I mean, when he had to, I'm like, uh, that's probably not a good idea. These hands, they destroy things. They, 
And, he, and, and it was just a really special moment. I mean, I, I knew what that watch meant to him because a very dear friend of his gave it to him. And so he got, and, I, and I put it on my wrist, and I was like, I, I can't wear this watch. Why? Ugh. It was weird. But I got over that. And I uh, started feeling kind of good actually wearing it. Time went by, 10 months, 11 months. November came up the next year. And I went out to West Texas to um, do a funeral for a friend of mine. And I called an old friend that I hadn't seen in years there. And I said, let's have some breakfast. So he came and met me. And he started telling me about his life and the hardships he had been facing. And uh, how me and him had done ministry years together out in New Mexico. And um, he had a real heart for the Navajo reservation there. For the Indian people. Very, 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 very poor conditions they live in. And a lot of alcoholism and abuse that goes on there. And his heart's always been toward him, but he never really got anything going there. And so all this time had gone by, these years had gone by, and he told me, he said, Lord has renewed that vision in me again. I mean, he just began to pour out this vision from his heart for this new ministry. And I'm just astounded. I was so encouraged to see him lit back up, you know, that the fire stoked again, and he's, and then I hear these words, give him your watch. I went, yeah, keep talking. What were you saying? And I hear it again, give him, give him your watch, so, so seed in, into his ministry. And inside I'm going, no. And so I'm still trying to have this conversation with him, and, I, and I'm trying to tell the Lord how special it is. And all my excuses just sound so weak. I mean, they, they, they felt so right, but they sounded so weak. Oh, Lord, this is special to me. My dad gave this to me. I, I'm having this conversation with God and still trying to hear what this guy's saying to me at the same time. But you know when the Lord's talking to you, and sometimes it's so strong, I mean, that your heart starts reacting like racing, you know? I'm going, oh, man, please don't make me But if I don't, maybe I have a heart attack. I don't know. Maybe I just need to get rid of it. So anyway, so I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm sweating, and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And finally on the inside, I just, okay, all right, all right. Whenever he gets quiet, I'm going to just do it. And finally, I had a chance to speak. I said, hang on. I said, I let, man, the Lord's, Lord's telling me to do something. And I pulled that watch off. And his eyes got big, and I said, I want to, I want to sow into your, your new ministry, man. I believe in your ministry, and I know for a fact God told me to get this to you because I would not have thought that up on my own, man. <laughs> I said, Lord told me to give you this watch. <laughs> and I mean, the moment he took it from my hand, this peace just went over me. And I realized that obeying God was so much more rewarding than holding on to stuff. No matter how special it was, no matter how valuable I thought it was, nothing compares to obeying God. I have no idea what the guy's doing with the watch. Flipping care. He might have hawked it. I don't know. He could have put it in the driveway and ran over it 15 times with his truck. I I don't know. But it's not my job to oversee to make sure he's taking care of that thing. It's my responsibility to sow the seed. Hey, whatever he does with his own business. Now, he won't be mocked. You saw that. You, you saw that. 
right? He won't be mocked. Amen. It's up to God now. So whatever they do has nothing to do with your harvest. Your responsibility is simply to sow. I hope that helps somebody in here today. Now, I don't recommend that you just go sowing seed into any old doofus. Some guy that won't get a job. And he's healthy. And he won't do anything for himself. Huh? He's lazy. I don't, I don't recommend sowing seed into people like you. You only enable them to continue in that state. Amen? Amen. Help them out by giving them this message. <laughs> Be wise with the seed you sow. But ultimately, the truth is you can't do anything about what they do with it. All right. Let me finish up here. Your guarantee to a continual provision, your guarantee to a continual provision of unsolicited goodness and uncommon favor in your life is found in daily sowing good seeds. You insure it into your life. You insure it for your life. Why? Because God will not be mocked. Whatever you sow, that is what you are going to reap. So start being kind. Speak words of kindness. Set your mind on good things. Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are noble and praiseworthy. Look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, and think on those things. Put your mind, you know the Bible says you have the mind of Christ, but you have to put on the mind of Christ. You have to make yourself think like he thinks. Amen. You have to make yourself, you have to make your mouth say good things and know when to shut up and know when to talk. Amen. Like my grandmother used to say, if you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. That's good wisdom. Amen. You'll guarantee a continual provision of good things, favor in daily sowing good seeds. You allow this force to be unleashed in your life, and you will set up the kind of future that God Almighty intends for your life. Amen. You know what that is? Life and that more abundantly. Can I get a good amen? amen. So let me just recap a few things that we talked about. There are forces at work that are constantly shaping your life. Your life is a gift from God, and what you do with it is your gift back to Him. People who are mindful of a harvest coming move from sin consciousness to seed consciousness. Your life will improve greatly when you evaluate your thoughts, words, and actions as seeds. If you're going to have the harvest you want, then you have to first recognize the harvest in the seed. The wise sower will always seek to sow a seed that will produce his desired harvest. And your guarantee to a continual provision of unsolicited goodness and uncommon favor is found in daily sowing good seeds. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.